0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Dead Dog Theology. So on this week's episode, we're going to be diving into Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And we're also going to be speaking to another staff member of Harvestfield Church in John Gillen. So we're thrilled to be here this week to be with you guys. Be sure to go like our Facebook page at Dead Dog Theology Podcast and to like, subscribe and comment. Leave a comment on any of your listening apps. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is
1: Andy Hughes with Dead Dog Theology. I just wanted to take a moment to say if you're needing a church home in the Gadsden, Alabama area, then we would love to see you at Harvestville Church. Our service times are at 1030 on Sunday morning, six on Wednesday nights. We'd
2: love to see you and your family there. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Dead Dog Theology. I'm Eric Reeves, and we're glad to be here today with luke and our guest john gillen uh before we get to the interview and talk about uh, john's story of the gospel and how this impacted his life we want to always go to the scriptures and encourage you as listeners with the word and christ realized in his word and today i hope that whatever you might be experiencing circumstantially or emotionally however that's happening we can comfort you and encourage you with the words of christ we hope you have been listening to our podcast over the several last several weeks this is episode nine We've covered a lot of theological concepts that I hope are becoming more and more meaningful to you and basically looking at this God-centered gospel and how God is not only uh, transcendent, he's above all of our ways and above all of creation, but he's also very imminent and present in our circumstances. And so theology is important because we're gaining and growing in the knowledge of God and it, it really does affect the way that we live. Uh, One quick note, uh, Luke, as far as a commercial before we go on into our devotional segment is we do have Dead Dog Theology merchandise in the form of hats, hats, hats. If you're a hat person uh, and would like one with our logo, just uh, contact us at deaddogtheology.com. I'm kidding. We don't even have a website. (laughs) That just sounded good, didn't it? But uh, you you probably know Luke or, or myself or Andy if you're listening to the podcast. We'd love for you to. Um, represent the theology behind the name. Yesterday, I got a call from a guy who's one of our listeners, and he has a hat. He was at the doctor's office, and his doctor asked him about the logo, Dead Dog Theology, and that's what, you know, it creates a little bit of interest that hopefully segues into a good conversation. But uh, unfortunately, this person couldn't remember the, the scripture reference yeah. in the Old Testament. So later he looked it up and, and wrote his doctor a note and explained out of 2 Samuel 9, 8. That's right. And it's just such a, uh, a, just a drop kick through the gospel goalpost. Boy, what a metaphor. Uh, you know, to, to consider Mephibosheth's lowly estate and the mercy of King David reflecting what God has done for us through the gospel. Uh, of no merit of our own, uh, God had mercy, and and Jesus stood in our place. And um, so merchandise is is as valuable as the content it represents. So we hope That's that right. you're enjoying Dead Dog Theology and the content that we uh, produce each week. This is a focus podcast uh, for Harvestfield Church. and But if you're listening and you're not a member of Harvestfield, we are glad that you're a listener and we hope that we can be part of your spiritual formation today. If you have your Bible, if you're at home listening to this, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41 is a very common story, but I want to look at it an uncommon reality. A most, I would say the average person may not realize the magnitude of Jesus carrying his disciples across the Sea of Galilee. We're going to talk about the storm that was purposed and orchestrated by the sovereignty of God and, and how Jesus purposely led his disciples through this storm. Uh, today, I want you to understand and realize the fearful awe and the reality of Jesus' sovereignty. We know that Jesus is God. And so the things that happen into our lives, all these things are orchestrated, all of them, by God. And he He moves us through them for great purposes. Now, they can be painful at the time. They can be fearful at the time. They can be ang- cause anxiety at the time. But because we have the scriptures, we have the insight as to how God works and how God has a purpose for all things in our lives. So this is a a wonderful theological foundation of this narrative. I love reading the gospel narratives. They read like stories, but we want to settle in and look at this content uh, from from God's perspective. Mark 4, verse 35 through 41, they'd been teaching the crowds. Uh, Jesus' public ministry was uh, well Uh, pronounced and well-realized, and now he was leading his disciples across this sea to another ministry venue, but listen to what happened on the way. The Bible says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. Verse 37 And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid have you still no faith and they were filled with great fear and said to one another who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him what a marvelous story about the sovereignty of god intersecting with the finiteness of human beings and maybe you can relate to these disciples you may be going through a difficult time and and i'm not talking just our circumstantial woes. I'm talking about how God leads us purposefully into realizing that that He's just a lot bigger deal than you think He is. And sometimes the calamities of life, we fear those things more than we fear the Lord. And, and if I interviewed um, John and Luke and Andy personally, we could all go through things that cause us to fear or describe things that make us worried and anxious. And so let's just take a few minutes and look through this passage and see some of the questions that were asked, and God's response to these questions. So, number one, I want you to understand this was God's storm. Uh, Jesus said, "Let's go to the other side of the lake." He knew that this storm was coming. He it didn't catch him off guard. Everything that's going on in your life right now does not catch God off guard. So, you know, the question of God, "Do you care?" God, "Are you here?" God, "Do you have a plan?" Those things just emerge out of our circumstances. But I want you to realize this was God's. Storm. Okay. Second thing, uh, God does care about you in the midst of storms. He takes you through uh, the disciples asking that very human centered question with Jesus such in such um, a polarized wow. posture in the midst of a storm. Um these were seasoned fishermen. They'd been through storms, So uh, the other gospels uh, give us some insight. This was such a violent storm. The boat was sinking. And here Jesus was in the stern on a cushion asleep. what What a contrast. and And here, the God of all the cosmos, of all all the universe, everything, he's not showing a lack of concern but he is demonstrating something about his character. So the disciples said, do you not care? We're going to die. And and again, my mind is flooded with stories I could tell you where, where things had happened to my life, and I'll say, God, do you care? Um, and we see emphatically in this story that, yes, um, God does care. Jesus does care. He has not forgotten you. Uh, he is mindful of you. And um, just because God is who he is, doesn't mean he's far off from you. um and and then the story realized and any of us could read this, the the disciples expressed fear over dying, that they would drown with Jesus in the boat and and I think uh, by the end of it they they said, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him. so there's there's an exchange of fear. there's an exchange of fearing our circumstances and our own lives into this 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 I'm going to say the word terrible, but I don't mean it in a negative sense. This terrifying realization of who Jesus was. He he really is God. He's more than just a teacher. He's more than just a miracle worker. He's more than just a a savior for Israel uh, to, to rescue them from the oppression of Rome. Uh, he is God with them in the boat. So they were terrified of the storm. Then they were terrified of Jesus. And and um, I think that's fantastic in this story. And you can read some more about this and the other gospels I said and, and um, uh, elaborate on this. But it's when we encounter Jesus' presence in the midst of difficulty. I say difficulty. This was life and death. And then we understand his transcendence. Jesus is with you. And he's also above you and nothing touches or enters the life of a Christian, someone who's a child of God, that God does not orchestrate. It may cost you your life. It may cost you some physical infirmity. And we see that in the pages of Scripture. But in those things, there is something being revealed, glorious and sovereign and certain and with dominion. And that is Christ with us and over us. So we're moving forward in faith in the story. And you think about where they landed on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, the, the Gadarean demoniac. Uh, yeah. So something about this storm was preparing the disciples to understand what kind of God they were following. They would encounter demons and disease and, and rejection and persecution and hostility. So if, if Christ delivered them from this physical storm, could he not also deliver them from the perils of sin and, and oppression and demonic activity, and the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes. So God sends storms; He carries us into storms. Um, God allows Satan to buffet against us, but we know He's a defeated foe; that He has limitations. He, he's not at, at free reign on this earth. Okay, He is bound by the parameters of the gospel, and yet it's still He still affects us, you know, in spiritual warfare, and then. Sometimes, and I'll even give some grace to our listeners, sometimes the storm that you're going through right now is because you made poor decisions. So self-inflicted storms is a theological kind of a, uh, an enigma. It's a, it's a puzzle hard to solve, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you by my own experience, even in bad decisions and in circumstances I've created, it appears I've created for myself, uh, God is with us. And he is, he does care and he is in the boat with you, proverbially. So um, I pray today that just going through these scriptures today would nudge your heart and your emotions toward the certainty that Christ is with you and he is God. He is sovereign. And so look at how he's cultivating a greater sense of fear and worship toward him. Be amazed by his mercy and his grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and how it does explain the phenomenon that we walk through, the the hardships that we endure, and the reality that Christ is is presiding over all things. Even in his earthly ministry, nothing, nothing was above him or beyond him. Even the wind and the um, waves that buffeted the boat were calm at his word. So, Lord, I pray that your word would bring that calmness that perspective and that peace in the midst of our storms for your glory and for our decreasing lord that that what's being done in us and through us would all be given credit to you in christ's name i pray
0: amen we'll be right back with you welcome back to this week's episode of dead dog theology so now we are in the interview segment with john Gilliland.
2: Luke, i got to ask you something before we get to John. Are you excited today? You had not said anything about being excited. I'm a little excited. You may me say it a couple of times? Yeah. I mean, we get all the way to episode nine, and you're not excited.
0: I'm excited. I'm, oh, okay. I was thrilled to be uh, Thrilled.
2: Right. I thrilled. Was thrilled. Good. Ecstatic. Right. Now you may proceed.
0: <laughs> Welcome, John.
1: Thank you. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a robot. Hello. <laughs> so, John, we, uh,
0: John's on staff here at Horaceville Church, and so... Uh, we are we are excited to have you here, and uh, we'll talk about a couple couple of different things. So before we start interviewing you, I did want to touch on just some interview goals that we have that that we kind of walk through with each of our guests. That way, we don't feel, you don't feel like we're throwing darts at you because like there is a goal to the interview. We're not just up here making fun of you. Are you sure? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, so our interview goals is to allow John to bear witness to the reality of Mark four thirty five through forty one, and we just Heard Eric exposit that, and to also demonstrate to our listeners that God's providence guides His people through every circumstance of life. God really does care about you, but he, His care for you includes an awesome fear of who God really is. And so, uh, John, that's kind of our our goals. Do you have anything you want to add or to say before we move into this interview? I'm just I'm
1: excited to be here. I'm excited to, to be part of this. I'm just real excited. <clears throat>
0: Couldn't, could not be more excited. <laughs> but, so that's, that's great. That's wonderful, John. It's a green light now, by the way, I get to make fun of you. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so John, uh, <laughs> before we get going, we were discussing in the break, uh, something about dogwood trees. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to touch on that before we got into the interview. So, that's a thing like Andy say what you said and I want to I want to ask questions regarding that what'd you say regarding dogwood trees
1: dogwood trees uh, they'll they'll never grow big enough to make a cross out of why because supposedly
0: that was the wood that was used for the cross <laughs> that's you know that's is <laughs> what I always learned and, and when they bloom it's time to go crappie fishing <laughs> Eric, were you taught that growing up too
2: yes that that was a fictional heresy of emotional uh abuse that was uh levied upon my soul
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> and then
2: now when i see dogwood trees big enough you could crucify somebody on it makes me question <laughs> so, so thank you i just wanted to bring that up thank you uh in the 70s and 80s legends and lores uh were so popular in the church from poems of footprints in the sand to the story of the crucifixion written upon the blooms of the dogwood tree <laughs> <In> the <sandal. laughs> and it was it was basically that the, What, is, what the, is that
0: the, a sand, and the sand
2: dollar sandal. and and all these stories are made up simply because the sufficiency of the scriptures were not enough
0: mm. Mm. i love Sneaky. that Amen. I've not heard those stories. and so that, You're that a blessed of, man. It <laughs> blew, blew my mind. Wait, you're talking about dogwood tree? What does this got to do with John Gilliland? I don't know. I just, <laughs> we were just discussing it with John. Legends and, so. and lures and
2: heresy. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now to John Gilliland. <laughs> speaking, speaking of
2: poetic misinterpretations.
0: So, John, uh, I'm going to let you, I'm going to go ahead and give you a softball here. All right, softball. Um, do you want to mention your wife and your family before you get this interview started? Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I am married to Amanda
1: and, uh Gillaland. <laughs> I'm
2: longing for you. Uh,
1: so, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to know? Do you have kids? Uh, we do have kids. We have 3,000 kids. <laughs> <coughs> it feels like 3,000 sometimes. And uh, no, we have three kids, uh, three awesome kids. Ellie is our oldest. Uh, Riley is our son. He's our middle kid. And uh, Maggie is seven months old. So we have a house full. That's awesome. Pure chaos all the time. It's great.
0: And uh, just for uh, reference for our listeners, um, John, I am I really am happy that you're here and being able to interview you. You're someone who, for the past couple of years, I've served alongside in ministry and uh, one of my very best friends and so thank you for coming on so uh how long have you served at hfc
1: served at hfc for going three years now i think i think i came on staff part-time in 2019 and i uh, went full-time in 2020 right as the pandemic hit so that was a fun time
2: coincidence yeah
0: what is your age
1: i am 38 years old young wow,
0: wow your weight
1: elevated <laughs> <laughs> you got to give a number a number okay uh
2: 215
0: ish okay, i need, I need
1: <laughs> to i need to lose a couple of those
2: though.
0: <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. yeah.
2: this is the this is the determining ratio right here this one. my height uh I put medium <laughs> we need a number i don't care Five if you make it up
1: 10. Are you five ten? Some would say 5'9", but I think I, I'm. I'm going to go five ten.
2: Yeah. You know how tall Sil- Sylvester Stallone is? No. How tall? Five foot eight. All
1: right. I'll take that.
2: Did that just go down again? <laughs> you said it before the show. No, I didn't say oh, okay. Sly. But that's true. He's five foot eight. Yeah. Tom Cruise is five foot
0: eight. I believe that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why did my voice just squeak? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, your blood pressure. <laughs> Normal, I don't
1: know. you're we not on blood number. pressure. Not on the we blood need a number. Itself. We I need a number. What's the normal? 120. Does, does, over 80? Just yeah. say a number. 180 over 20? No, 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 no.
0: 120. I don't over know. I don't, I don't know.
1: I'm, I have not checked my blood pressure in I don't know how long. Do you get
0: headaches often? Uh, no, not often. No. Okay, maybe you don't have blood pressure issues. Mm, I don't think I do, but being five foot two and weighing 210 pounds is a big deal. That's <laughs> 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 Um, your general disposition. General disposition,
1: uh, potato. I don't know. What's, what's, what do y'all say my general disposition is?
0: That's very good. That would be uh, you're calm. Calm, okay. You're a calming, calming human being. Calming. I'll take that. that what do you think? <laughs> Andy, just shout out from the, what? Do you, what is uh, John's general disposition? Because I like to ask you about that. Chill. Calm, chill. I like to think chill. of myself like as chill. 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 Lay back. Go
2: ahead. Chill like a... somebody finish that. Chill like I agree with chill, but the like a chilling like a villain. <laughs> is that what you're looking? This for? is taking way too long. Let's <laughs> let's, let's get to the. Okay, the, 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 that's just. Oh I, I no, it's part it's of it. It's just. It's, it's just. So John, what was uh, a pain, painful? <laughs> <laughs> John, what was your first
0: uh, very first job you ever had? First job I ever had,
1: um, I was a summer missionary with the Edible Baptist Association. That's the first time I remember having a job. So yeah, that's awesome. That's where Amanda and I met, we met doing summer missions. So we, we yeah. have
0: several students doing that this year. We so have a couple, yeah.
1: Time. That's great.
0: Um, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up
1: in the magical land of Atala.
0: Graduated of, of
1: Antique shops and and. Other, other things, other um, things, other things, gateway to Northeast Alabama, gateway to Northeast Alabama.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call it? It's on the Walmart. Is it's it really? Walmart. Yeah. I believe I, it. I didn't know that.
2: Right next to the legend of the dogwood tree. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, John, uh, tell us your, tell us a little bit about your testimony. How did God lead you to Christ?
1: Well, um, I, I grew up, uh, going to church, um, tell people I had a drug problem because my mom drugged me to church kicking and screaming most uh, most sundays so which, which now looking back I'm, I'm very thankful for that but uh but I, yeah i grew up in church um and uh my mom uh really played a, a a huge role in introducing me to the gospel and pouring the word of god uh into me um from a very young age and so uh so when i became a christian it was it was almost very matter of fact um Kind of turned to her one sunday because she had been talking to me about the gospel and i said hey I, I think i'm ready i think i'm ready to to you know walk the aisle and pray the prayer and do the thing you know looking back on that experience i wondered, you know was i really was i really saved uh i i don't know um so uh but i, I know that i'm saved i know that i know that i, I was saved i think because i'm saved today yeah you know? and so so looking back on that um you know, there's, there's a lot of questions like, did I just, did I just walk the aisle and pray the prayer because that's what I was expected to do? Uh, was I just intellectually kind of agreeing with, uh, with what I had been taught? Um, I knew all the right answers. I knew the gospel. I knew, uh, I knew those key scriptures. I was in a wanna, uh, so I, we did a lot of scripture memory. And so I, I had the word of God, uh, kind of internalized there. Um, so, uh, but, but even, even still looking back and knowing what I know now about, uh, about the sovereignty of God and and how He works to to bring about the salvation of His people, I think uh, I, I think I can say with a lot of confidence that 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 was at least a seed planted um, that that grew as as God watered it through the Scriptures um, and through the people in my life that were investing in me uh, that that grew later on to produce fruit, especially in my teenage years. Um, uh, Helping me realize um, as I got older the the depths of my depravity, and and the the I don't know just the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of what what Christ really did for me. Uh, so yeah,
0: Amen. So how is the gospel changing your life today?
1: I think probably the biggest thing is um, is is that God is is continuing to grow me more and more into the the husband and the father and uh the the servant the minister that he's he's called me to be uh that's probably the biggest the biggest thing i would say uh, to that it's it's a it's a, i'm a work in progress you know and i fall i fall short every day uh so continually throwing myself on the grace of god preaching the gospel to myself and uh and 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 getting up and doing it again uh for the glory of god you know that, i think that's what that's where I'm at now.
0: So. How, total time in ministry. How long have you been in ministry?
1: Since uh, I graduated seminary in 2009, uh, first first paid ministry position was early 2010. So I'm pushing 12. I'm a little over 12 years now.
0: All of it, it in student weird. ministry.
1: All of all of it in student ministry. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, how has God's Word changed your thinking about God's sovereignty and the storms that we face?
1: um well you know looking through scripture you can see you can see just uh, especially you know you don't even get past the life of of joseph and some of those guys in genesis you know and just to see how god orchestrates storms um in the lives of of people to uh to move them to where he wants them to be uh to use them for his glory to expand his kingdom uh you just kind of see that all throughout scripture and so so that was okay over there (laughs) So, so, so yeah, looking through scripture, I mean, you see that and, uh, and we've, we've, we've lived it, I think, I think Amanda and I could both say, uh, you know, we've, we've lived that and seen how God sovereignly uh, brings, brings about storms brings about calamity in order to, uh, in order to grow us to stretch our faith, uh, to, to reveal more of himself to us to, to lead us to, to trust him more. Uh, and, and even to move us to where he
0: wanted us to be. So. Amen. So how has, uh, your growing fear of God affected the way you lead others, um, whether it be ministry or your family?
1: Um, referencing, referencing Jesus in the boat, uh, with the, yeah. the storm and all of that. Um, I think, I think an awareness of, of how God sovereignly kind of orchestrates things. Uh, it, it, it's made us, um, it's made us recognize that he is the god of the storm uh it's made us recognize that uh that that all the storms that enter our lives are his and uh and so that's that's done a lot to humble us and and helped us to trust him and um i don't know it's it's just a you you want to i want to lead my family well uh knowing that i want to lead my my ministry well and again you know I, i feel like i fall short every day so that causes me more and more to to throw myself on the grace of god and, uh, and to, to trust him um, in spite of in spot of my circumstances and to trust him through through the circumstances
0: yeah. as well. So that, that kind of touches on this next question. How has the difficulties of, of your life, the storms of your life prepared you for ministry in the future going forward?
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, I think any, any difficulties um, for God's people, it, 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 they equip you to be able to, to be in the boat with other people that are going through, a similar storm right. you know and so so we've been through things that that uh that, that that god has already used even to to help us to minister to other people uh to kind of come alongside them and say listen you can trust god through this it's going to be all right uh whatever happens he's in control um so uh so so yeah i think that that those storms have prepared us to uh to to minister to others and to speak the gospel into their lives um as they endure some of the same storms or. Or, uh, or even something
0: something different too. So, Amen. So, uh, John, what has been the most unexpected thing about your life during the decade of your thirties? Thirty-eight now. 30. So. I was
1: thinking about that earlier. Uh, in my thirties, Ellie's only seven. I'm thirty-eight, so that means kids. Ten, <laughs> 10, 10 yeah, kids. Like ten years <laughs> ago, I, you could not have prepared me for for uh you know for the, the the fact that I would have three kids and that we we would have you know transitioned through ministries um as much as we have and and uh and, you know lived in a couple of different places and um but we, there's we've lived a lot of life uh in in the past eight years or so and uh it's it's been it's been it's been great and we can see how God has orchestrated everything to get us to right where uh, where we need to be um, the most unexpected thing, especially thinking you know us us talking about the storm, um, has made me reflect more on uh, on uh, the birth of our son. Uh, that was a big deal. Um, he uh, he wasn't breathing. Riley wasn't breathing when he was born. and so uh, so that was kind of a, an unexpected, unexpected thing, unexpected storm. Um, so what what was supposed to be kind of a a happy day of celebration uh, kind of turned into uh, man, what's going to happen? Uh, what, what's, you know, this is, this is pretty, uh, pretty stormy, you know? Uh, so he was rushed off to rushed off to Grandview. He spent a couple days on the, uh, the cooling therapy that they do. Um, we spent 11 or 12 days in the NICU there. And, uh, and so, but he's good now. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's totally good. And that was, that was a season of our lives that, that God really used to, um, uh, to test our faith and to test our trust in him and also to stretch it. And uh, and even use that to uh, uh, to encourage others who were going through similar uh, similar things. So uh, so that was very unexpected, but uh, but it was also unexpected. I think how God uh, worked in it and through it um, for our good and for His glory. So,
0: Amen. So, what makes your heartbeat faster when we talk about HFC? Man, I
1: love HFC. Uh, it's it's so unlike so unlike any church that we've been a part of. Um, so there, there's a lot, there's a lot to choose from, uh, when we think about what makes our hearts, uh, beat faster. Uh, my heart beat faster about, uh, about HFC. Um, I, I love what's going on in our students. Uh, we have, we have just some, some awesome students, uh, that, that, that are really growing in their faith. They're opening their, they're opening the Bible. They're, they're taking notes on Sundays. It's just, um, uh, it's, it's fantastic to see them, uh, grow. Um, and, and a lot of them are growing because they have awesome parents that are investing in them and, and uh, and 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 leading them well, and so that's that makes my heart beat faster to see the gospel at work in their lives, uh, to see to see all of these things um, realized, uh, in them Christ being formed in them uh, and in their families as they as they grow. Uh, so so yeah, that's that's been that's been great.
0: So can can you you touched on student ministry? Can you summarize your philosophy of ministry regarding students?
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can summarize it. Uh, so, I, I we, I've never really been the, uh, the zany, uh, you know, youth, youth, youth guy drinking soda through a sock and you know, doing all the crazy stuff that through a sock, through a sock. Yeah. I don't know. I never, I've never done that. I've done some crazy games, but never, never quite that. But, uh, but no, I, that's never really been the focus of my ministry. Like I, and I grew up, I was a child of the nineties we're well, really the eighties. I grew up through the eighties, but when I was in youth in the nineties. Um, and so, so that was, that was the decade I think of, of really shallow, zany, fun, focused youth ministry, uh, for, for at least, at, at least in a lot of, in a lot of churches. Um, uh, there was a, there was a, a heavy emphasis on, on fun and trips and outings and let's go bowling and let's have pizza and let's have a lock in and all of that. And very little, uh, very little gospel, very little, uh, depth when it comes to teaching or uh, or expositing the scriptures and so uh so I, I don't it's it's hard for me to explain how i've gotten to where i've i've gotten in my, in my philosophy with students but but uh, i i think uh student ministry requires uh expository teaching uh, we we've got to 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 not to not major on um on fun and and lock-ins and crazy games and soda through a sock but but we have to major on on really really teaching students the word of god uh proclaiming the gospel to them over and over and over again uh largely largely because of the the failures of the 90s that happened in churches we have a generation of students that 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 do not know the word because their parents have not taught that to them because their parents did not hear that um in, in a lot of youth groups right and so uh so we're, we're doing a lot of uh, a lot of catch-up i think uh, With when it comes to teaching students uh, God's word and proclaiming the gospel to them, student men, students are this generation of students is becoming more and more like an unreached people group, uh, where where there's just there's no concept of of who God is and who Jesus is and and what what God's word actually says, and so um, so it's it's a big deal to me uh, to to stand before students and and open the word of God to them and explain it to them. Uh, faithfully. Uh, So, and and also relationships, we, you know, we want to put students in relationship with, uh, with not, not only each other, but uh, with, with adults that are that kind of see themselves as disciple makers that see themselves as, um, as, as, as investing their lives and, and, and their, their experience with God uh, into the next generation to come alongside them and uh, and disciple them and show them what it looks like to live as a follower of Christ. So uh, so that's a big deal to me as well. And also equipping parents, um, equipping parents with uh, with the the, the 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 cultural knowledge and the, the biblical mandate to um, to really to really take the lead in discipling their kids, so that it's not uh, it, it's not just a, a hey, just drop them off at church and we and we got this. We're going to disciple your kids for you. Uh, no, that's not it at all. We want to equip parents to uh, to do that and to come alongside entire families um, to uh, to disciple the next generation. So,
0: so for the parents out there, who is the primary discipler of their kids? Mom and dad. Amen. That's great. Mom and dad. All right, John. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, um, and then we're going to come back to you for uh, our last segment. We're going to ask some some other fun questions to you, and okay. so uh, just hang around with us, and we'll, we'll be right back with you. Hey guys, this is Andy Hughes with Dead Dog Theology,
1: and if you're one of our faithful listeners and want some of your very own Dead Dog merchandise, now's the time, and you can reach out to us on our Facebook page at Dead Dog
2: Theology Podcast. And as always, we thank you for your support. And Now back to the show. Welcome back to Dead Dog Theology. We hope you've enjoyed our uh, podcast so far and leading into the scriptures. And then we've enjoyed hearing from John Gillen, tell the story of, of how God captured his life with the gospel and how it has impacted not only his family, but his ministry and, and then us today. So we're very thankful for that. In closing, we always try to leave on a lighthearted note, Malik, you know, that shouldn't surprise you. We talk about some cultural things going on and uh, just to kind of get to know John a little bit better and, and Luke and myself and Andy, uh, John, Luke, whoever wants to talk about it, are y'all going to see the new movie
0: Top Gun? Yeah, it, I probably I probably will. Why? Uh I rewatched the first one the other day and okay. so it's piqued my interest. What
2: year did that come out? Nineteen eighty three. No, I was in high school, Bubba
0: be 80 really i, know. That was yeah. I
2: remember 90. i went to the theater the mall garden theater in albertville
0: that's a good it's a it's a good movie it's, a, it,
2: it, it's it has this place i just didn't know if if y'all were interested or if it was for a younger market 86, 86. 86. 86. okay 86. i graduated but i was still hanging on i was three good i, I was bet you gone. went your parents probably took you <laughs> um negative nine we noticed you looked a little different today luke you got some new glasses
0: yeah <laughs> sure do
2: see a little better yeah i see a lot better they look good the is. thank you um look famous look kind of famous
0: should i say what my wife said i look like (laughs) should i say what my wife said i look like in in this uh i feel like you have to now yeah so my wife told me that i look like ed kemper you might you have, have to, to explain, explain. Who, who is who, Ed Kemper, He, he is the he co-ed did. killer from the 1970s. And Eric at least gave me a like a compliment. He said that I look like Peter Moylan, which was a pitcher for the Braves. I'll take that over Ed Kemper. <laughs> I'm not a serial killer. But anyway, so yeah, I got, I got new glasses. They are stronger. It took some getting used to uh, regarding the... <laughs> the uh, prescription. Um, so John, yes, we're going to get to know you a little better in this segment. So what are some of your hobbies? <laughs>
1: what are hobbies? Uh, does changing diapers and making bottles count. Absolutely. Does if you I enjoy count? it. I, well, I don't necessarily always enjoy that, but
0: uh, so what, but what do you enjoy? Like free, any free time? Like I, I enjoy playing golf.
1: Yo, I definitely don't do golf. Don't do sports of any kind uh, because of who I am as a person. <laughs> 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 but uh no I'm, I'm i've always been more the the nerdy type so so uh video games what do you play um z- just about anything
0: yeah, uh, okay. yeah just
2: about just about anything.
0: except for sports games except for sports games <laughs> yeah we don't we don't do the sports games uh,
2: i had to step out and step back in Did y'all talk about monkey pox?
0: No, no, no. No, 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 no. no i touched on uh, john's hobby okay including drinking coffee which is another hobby Coffee,
1: of, yeah coffee is is life
0: what is your coffee consumption per day
1: per day in
0: listen ounces to him, listen to
1: him lie in ounces or cups 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 uh two to three cups per day
0: before lunch <laughs> that's probably
2: right
1: and then another cup after lunch yeah sometime after
0: that's yeah. impressive it's impressive. impressive no we did not talk about uh uh, smallpox. we talk about how my <laughs> wife said I look like Ed Kemper
2: um, I, I hated to bring that up but <laughs> you, look, you look but he's famous
0: I, and I credited you with but, saying I look like Peter Morlon More yeah
2: that's right that's yeah. better there you go uh-huh
0: <laughs> so, and
2: uh Luca uh, I was accidentally watching TV last night and there was something basketball playoffs the Celtics Larry Bird uh were playing that. the Miami uh Dolphins and uh, uh-huh. uh they they scored um uh, it was like 21-1. to 1. Did you watch it? Yeah, in the first half. Yeah. So the Celtics ha- went on, right? To yeah, they
0: handled them. I think they tied the series 2-2. Oh,
2: good. Good. That was entertaining.
0: Yes, I, I am following the basketball playoffs That's very good. closely because the Dallas Mavericks are my team, and they're in it. That's they're right. Down
2: 3 no. You and about three other people. Three. Um, <laughs> I said something about monkeypox and UFOs. Uh, we have gone back to the 70s. Uh, you know, the government terrified us with UFOs. And, I mean, they're serious. They're like, hey, look. Uh, there's there's a monkeypox. I haven't coming. been following that. I didn't. I was it's, it's terrifying to the 50 year old who's has latent UFO syndrome. So um, <laughs>
0: um
2: hey, I put biblical playoffs down here. That's kind of funny. What would that look like? I don't talk about that. Oh, um And then just random. John keeps up with a lot of data on the intranet. Uh, Southern Baptist yeah. Convention's got a yeah. You always do. You're a plethora of <laughs> internet. Uh, of, knowledge uh, just trivia and knowledge sbc which we are a southern baptist church here at harvest um it's just drama i can't figure out. it's about like trying to watch the news and figure out what's going on who's mm-hmm. the bad guys who's the good guys who did what who said what and uh, such a such a factitious uh narrative going on i'll uh i'll read twitter one day and go yeah them Then I'll read (laughs) the next eight. Yeah, us. (laughs) Uh, And and, uh, I just got to keep my head down. Uh, Stay away from the monkeypox, UFO, and SBC drama.
0: Or off Twitter. Stay off Twitter. Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you suggest that? (laughs) No, no,
2: it's fine. So uh, there you go. Um, Luke, how about closing us out with our traditional list of personal questions? Again, we already knew his height, his weight, his denial of blood pressure uh his under under realization of how many cups of coffee i don't want to get into that with him now i mean (laughs) we
0: aggravate you that well we live
2: with him every day two
0: cups in the morning
2: he will knock you down getting in here he knocks two back and counts that as okay now i'm ready to start drinking It's, it's just like, a warm-up. I mean, it's like talking to an alcoholic here, except we're talking about co- Oh, I don't know here, come
0: coffee-holic. We did have an intervention. y'all just got a problem. It, right?
2: uh, it was so bad that one of the ladies in our office, our ministry, dear ministry partner, had to put a money jar next to the coffee. <laughs> and there's some Old Testament verses over there. Thou didst spent, spend the Lord's money on thine caffeine <laughs> uh, be smoting thee to the land of where it make-believe, whatever. Go ahead with these questions before I talk myself into
0: <laughs> John. What are you doing this weekend?
1: Um, it is graduation weekend for a lot of people, mm-hmm. so uh, so we've got three three family graduation gatherings to go to this weekend. So it's exciting. yeah, it's exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: exciting. It's what really are you
0: excited. doing this weekend, Eric? He's being interviewed. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Here. I'm going camping. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, it's uh, my 30th anniversary. Yeah. It's a Thanks, uh, Luke. 30 yeah. years with the same woman. She's, she's all in a, in a row.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no gaps No starting and stopping. Continuous. She, she texted me last night. That's what TV. What? Yeah. She said, "What TV streaming?" Uh, she texted you, 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 and I said. Oh, you got this. Package.
2: Thirty. It took thirty years. She said,
0: "What? What? Aren't you fancy?" And I gave her a little, <laughs> little gift. Let's back.
2: not talk about that. Let's fun. talk about something else. Bolly sports. You making me nervous.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Made Happy to- anniversary.
2: I don't want to hear that coming from you now. <laughs> Man, my wife is texting.
0: She's <laughs> just wondering on TV packages.
2: Yeah, that's okay. how they all start. Stop. run off with the condom cast man
0: <laughs> how are you doing physically john how are you doing physically well, what kind of question is that what does Everybody that even mean Everybody and you gotta answer you're not gonna laugh at all I am physically here i am do you hurt like anywhere oh no no not really no. i woke up this morning. my back's hurting i'm sorry
1: i do and so i do have a chronic shoulder pain that that hits me sometimes it comes and goes here and there.
0: So, what causes it? Do you think? I don't. No idea. Have you talked to your doctor no about
1: idea. it?
0: Uh, no. Or is that hippo? Probably. Probably monkeypox. It's
1: probably, no. probably monkeypox.
0: Monkey <laughs> UFOs? There's a UFO uh-huh. in your arm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is something you're excited about?
1: Something I'm excited about.
0: That was the question. <laughs> I to
1: well, going back, going back to my general disposition, I'm general, generally pretty chill. So but you're not excited about anything.
0: Excitement
1: excitement is one of those things that I'm not sure I can identify when it, <laughs> when, it, when, it, when it when it strikes. So I don't know. I'm excited about my kids. I'm excited about ministry. And Big
2: student trip coming up.
1: I'm Excited about Snowbird. Snowbird is coming up. That's right. Snowbird's always a good it's a good trip. It's a week of missions and worship and discipleship in North Carolina with a bunch of students. It's going mean, be great. It's
0: gonna be great. Yeah. And you're are you're driving?
1: I'm driving a van. In a not excited manner.
0: No, you don't get. So, you don't move on that van. We'll
1: go about ten miles under the speed limit. On,
0: yes, we do.
1: Van. But they're safe. Very. They're good. safe. I'm, I'm, I apologize for trying
0: to keep everybody alive. <laughs> uh, John, what do you think about the podcast?
1: Podcast is great. Uh, I've been been trying to keep up with it and uh, listen to listen to Hunter's episode uh, this past week, and it was, it was great. I, I think this is great. Avenue for, um, for really getting to know some of the key, uh, leaders here at Harvest Field, uh, for getting to know, uh, more about, uh, kind of the philosophy of our church and, and, and theological matters as well. It's great.
0: And what was your favorite pet growing up?
1: <laughs> My favorite pet growing up. Uh, I had several dogs, uh, growing up. So I, I feel like I know where this question's going though, but do I have to name the pet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want. We want yeah, yeah. We want. I dogs.
2: mean, just pick one. Um, the the last dog. The
1: last. The Apparently last it. one that I remember growing up when I was as a kid was a cocker spaniel named Millie.
0: What happened to Millie? She's dead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How did she die?
1: I think she just got old. Hmm. She just got. She died of old age. Cremated. I don't know that we cremated.
0: cremated. They you we how do you that? say People that. <laughs>
2: So people cremate No, they
0: don't. Yeah, they do. Not themselves. Mm -hmm. No, not no, no. My wife's got this box with her dog's ashes. Wow, that makes me sick. Anyway. She do not listen to Where are to they? they? Where are they? She, she
2: doesn't listen to this. No, she, she,
0: uh, <laughs> she has it. Uh, they're on her night. They're on his night. Her night. Stop. Listen, and Zoe get Stop. it. Stop like, slinging her around everywhere. <laughs> like you're messing with her. It's wonderful. I mean, it's bad. We got to get on to Zoe for that. So, anyway, were you close to that dog? Did you humanize that dog?
1: I don't know that I humanized. I mean, it was a dog. Okay. We liked her.
0: If you had to be the one to put her down. Could you have done that?
1: No, I mean no way. Okay, no way. Now we have. Uh, he was uh, he was
0: close to the dog. That proves that point.
1: No, we have dogs now that that I could totally see myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if, up it, people out there. if needed. Well, John. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> where are we eating today, John? Where are we eating today?
1: I don't know. Where Where do y'all want to eat?
0: It's uh, Tuesday. Sizzler.
1: Excuse. Sizzler. I don't know if I'm feeling the sizzling today. I don't
0: know. I'm always feeling it. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on.
1: Well, You're welcome. Thank you for having me on.
0: It's been, it's it's been, been a lot of fun. fun. I was excited, and now I'm even more excited still to be excited. your friend.
1: I'm excited as excited gets.
0: <laughs> thanks for listening. Somebody <laughs> buy some hats for, for uh, from us. That way I can pay for this podcast equipment. Thanks. See you next week.